0: Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the legendary Sergio Tacchini, the brand worn by John McEnroe, Vitas Garolitis, Novak Djokovic, and Gabriella Sabatini. Check them out at SergioTacchini.com. Proud to announce that Diodora, the brand made legendary by Bjorn Borg, and currently worn by world number twenty-eight. Alejandro Davidovich Fokina is the official shoe of the podcast welcome aboard Diodora and thank you for your support he grew up in Novi Sad in the former Yugoslavia and after war derailed his pro tennis dreams he has been a coach on both the WTA and ATP tours with Andrea Petkovic and Ivo Karlovich respectively traveling week in and week out getting his players ready for battle Petar Popovic is today's guest. Are you the second most famous tennis player from Novi Sad, or are there others uh, that are more that, that have better careers than uh, maybe fourth? You're fourth. Okay, so hold on. So there's Monica Seles, of course. Who else? Yeah, Tatjana Janitsa.
1: Say it again. Maybe Tatjana She was maybe like 17th in the world. And there was Sandra Nachuk, one girl, she was like sixty-five, I think, on WTA. And then uh and you to-
0: got and you got to four hundred. Yes, four hundred eleven. Gentlemen, you hear he is one of the you know warriors of pro tennis, one of these coaches that you essentially don't hear a ton about, but week in and week out, he has been present and prominent in pro tennis. First, with Ivo Karlovich. He spent a significant amount of time with Ivo Karlovich. We're going to talk about that. And most significantly, from our perspective, has been on the bag with Andrea Petkovich all the way up until her retirement just this past U.S. Open. And that's Peter Popovich.
1: Yes, good pronunciation, Craig.
0: Did I get that all right? Did Was I have everything oh, yeah, correct? Good okay, good. Impressive. Hang on a second. So... As you know, we do a five-set format. Our first set's the off-the-court report. So you are in Novi Sad. I am. That's
1: my city of where I'm. Yeah, Novi Sad, where I live now. I'm born here, and but I also used to live ten years in Paris. But but Novi Sad has an incredible history. It is, and it's crazy. Like my club is only four courts, and in these four courts there was. As you know, Monica Seles, she's from the same club, and she lived like 500 meters away from me. And there was two other girls that I said who was also top 100, and that's from the
0: small, small club, only four courts. But I meant world history. I meant world history. Like, things happened in Novi Sad. There was a big battle there. Yeah, many big battles. Many big battles. Yes. Why is that there were big battles there? Because it was the border uh, between, let's,
1: let's say, o- Osmanian-like Turkish Empire and also Austro-Hungarian Empire. That was
0: the borderline because the Danube, the big river, that was the border. The Sad sits on the Danube. Yes. And because of that, big battles were fought there. Yes, for, for five, six centuries. So you got warrior blood in you, man. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I didn't want to have this kind of blood. Okay, my now dad, let's get back to tennis. So, yes. you, what are you doing now? You're uh, are you a are you a man without a player? I'm a man, for, not really, because I'm coaching my girl, my daughter,
1: and she's like amazing tennis player. She's twelve years old, but she's on the good way to
0: become a star. Sorry, you are essentially at home. Yes. No plans to go anywhere at the moment. If some opportunity presents,
1: why not? Still, uh, I will do at least one more player, and then I will
0: travel. I think with my daughter, if she continues her journey. Last question: Now the Danube. Yes. Do you swim in the Danube? Do you take boats on the Danube? How big is the Danube? Danube is huge river. It's very like strong
1: river. But uh, I I do swim sometimes, and I also do. Do you know like this paddle thing?
0: Paddle. You paddle. I pedal Yeah, I like that. So and, and when you when you grew up there it was Yugoslavia. Yes. And now it's Serbia. It changed many names. My country had the many names. Novi Sad is part of Serbia. It is so what kind of summer and spring and fall will you have now? Did, did you guys have a very beautiful time and now it's going it, to get cold? Here it's like continental climate,
1: so it's like in the summer it's very hot, like very, very, very hot. Something like in Washington DC, but now it's like pleasant, it's like 20 degrees, and in the winter it gets really cold with the snow, so we have like four different seasons, but really.
0: You gotta try to get to Australia now, and how often do you eat chevapi? Oh, chevapi at least once or twice a week here. There. Are you eat chevapi already? Did you try? <laughs> yeah, of course. There. Let's let's move into the second set. This is the On the Court Report. This okay. is where we talk about the business of tennis. Listen, I mean, you were front and center for Roger and Serena, weren't the only two players to finish up this year. You know, our friend, former world number eight, Andrea Petkovic, finished as well. What was that experience like for the past six months? I thought will be smoother, and that because we know the end is very near.
1: But like uh, this last uh, last three weeks was very emotional. Like she was also crying on the court because she know the end is very close. And the thing is, she had a great level. And in Cincinnati, she lost like three tight sets to Garcia. She afterwards won the tournament, and then she played Vantage, but the, on the small court in U.S. Open. But the audience was incredible. Was an incredible atmosphere, and then after after that, when the match was over, normally I don't cry, but I was like crying with her, like uh, like crazy, because I had all these images. Because I started to work with her when she was very young, when she was twenty, and uh, all these all these that we lived together went like through me in this space of ten minutes. Was like maybe
0: the craziest emotions I ever felt. That's just the end of the story, right? But what about when you're in Miami and she's battling an injury and then you gotta go home and then what what about all those moments through this back end? I, I imagine it had to have built up a lot of thoughts and emotions.
1: Yeah, it was because I, as I told you, I know her when she was very young and uh, we was practicing like crazy and, but her body at the end, this last year didn't allow her to do even four days in a row of strong, like real practice was always something. And then in Miami, that was a shame because this year actually she was playing good, but uh, she could not, could not play and perform. She could maybe play one or two matches and then something she felt in the body and the that was difficult to see and to watch and to witness. So you, I saw in that the end is very close, and that's not always easy to accept. And I think for her was even tougher. But uh, as I say, that was special emotions. But I'm happy that I also went through them. That I, I never felt that way. I, I was coaching the guys who had many victories, defeats, but this that was something special. But when you're talking about Miami and Indian Wells, that was, yeah, tough times because she was playing good, but she didn't play for like seven, eight weeks. She didn't play Miami, Indian Wells. She,
0: she skipped Charleston and uh, all that. So, yeah. How much better has women's tennis gotten since she was eight in the world?
1: She was, her best is number nine, but she was. Sorry, nine. Nine. She was like, let's say 4,600 points, and number one was 6,000 points back then, was Nyaki. So she was very close to the top. But that's the other story. She was, she didn't spend for five months and she got these injuries. But the top level, like top 10 for me, didn't change at all. It's the same level, but it changed like big time. The difference between really, uh, the girl who is ranked 20 and 150 is maybe 5%. So it's it's like before when, uh, because, uh, okay, when I was coaching back then, Andrea, and she fell out of the ranking because of the injuries and surgeries, we come from zero, so we was going again to challengers. We saw the girls was not fit back then, like that was 20, 12, 13 years ago. We went to challengers, she was winning easy, you know, just fitness-wise. Now, I think all the girls top 200 are ready physically and they're playing good. So the level improved a lot between um, 20 and let's say 150 in the world. So that's, that's the difference. But the top level, top, top level, it's,
0: it's not stronger. I think it's the same. Can you explain what we're seeing as we talk a lot now about what's potentially becoming a a way of a lost generation of, Really high-level players not winning majors. Bencic, Sakari, Sabalenka, Madison Keys. These are players that they they win big. They win impressively. They don't lose a lot of matches. But when they get to the back end of tournaments, they lose matches.
1: Yeah, but uh, as I say, the difference in the levels are so small. And you need to win seven matches. So you have one bad day. And the other one, uh, other girl, have a good day, and then you lose. But uh, Sabalenka, she made semis of Slam Keys, made final, so they are not 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 far. It's just one match away. So I think it's gonna happen for these girls. But as I say, now the problem is the girl who is uh, like seventh in the world, and she's on fire that week. <laughs> she can beat anyone, like Raducanu did. Like, uh, yeah. And I think he lost, what, seven slams? How many different winners was the girls? Six? But you feel that the quality is very high. It's uh, very high, as I say. I mean, uh, this level, this average level from it's from uh, 20 to 150, it improved like 10 times. The girls who are 80, 90, 120 or whatever, because I, I know when I coach Andrea before 10, 12 years ago, she was winning it easy or comfortably against these girls even with uh, when play plan a was not working she would just play um, solid rock solid and moving right left to right and playing uh, like fitness game she was meaning uh, winning this and now it's not possible anymore now anyone can beat anyone and uh, that's what is exciting
0: about WTA tour do you think that the prevalence of male coaches on tour is concerning. Do you think there should be more female coaches coaching female players? Yes,
1: but it's not very easy for female coaches because if they have family and kids, it's not maybe easy for them to have this lifestyle to travel that much. That's also the problem of this work because you're 35, 40 weeks away from home. So if you're a mother, it's it's complicated. I think that's also the reason why there is not so many.
0: What is your uh, opinion of the WTA at the moment? What, how do you feel about the the, the association's health? No, uh, it's good in overall.
1: Just before, I like it more. Was much more visible on TV. Like as I say, ten years ago was much cheaper TV rights, so the WTA was always on TV. So everybody knew every WTA player here in Europe. So it was all, always on Eurosport, and uh, I liked that before. And they changed politics. They they put, like, now you need to pay so much more for the TV rights, so it's less on TV, so it's less popular. And also this with uh, peng with China, they didn't uh, find really solution to replace, to add more big tournaments, because this... 3 that was three biggest payroll tournaments for tennis players and uh, also i think 250 tournaments wta tournaments it's already 20 years the same prize money at this prize money is um, ridiculous for the level of the girls and there is not so many tournaments like i think the if you play quarter final you earn 5000 dollars minus taxes and if you pay coaches you don't earn anything so huh. i think this is not
0: not approved.
1: Uh, not approved.
0: WTA. I mean, listen, uh, 17 of the top 20 women in the world are playing San Diego. Yes. I mean, it's great um, for San Diego, it's tournament. but it's a There's small tournament.
1: A- San Diego next week, and that's that's the issue in the WTA. If you're 78 in the world, you, do, you, you can only play these ITFs or challengers, and uh, you can only earn the money on Grand Slams. So talk about
0: pressure. Huge pressure to earn a living in women's tennis? Yes, because uh, the WTA should change this.
1: 250s cannot get prize money of $230,000. That was okay maybe 20 years ago, but not anymore.
0: What can you tell us about Iga she oh,
1: She's impressive. She is on clay. She's by far the best player. And now she find a way to win in... Um, in uh, US Open, even that she didn't, she was not so dominate. but uh, she's, she is the best player in the moment. And Barty was the, also, uh, two leaders, but they're, they're, they're better than the rest. When I say the, you know, they're like 10 or 15% better than the other girls. And then you have Halep, who is also high class player, who is maybe 10% better. And then, you know, then it goes the margins are very small afterwards. What does Iga Shviantec do that um you woman is sliding on hard court. She have uh, okay imbred, incredible counterpuncher with backhand she can go down the line. She you knows to use spin with a forehand. and she's uh she's fast man. She's uh she's fast. She, she's fast.
0: She's a good she at she
1: covered the court she's the best with Coco Guff she's by far the best
0: mover. Ever. On WTA, and isn't movement the most important thing? One of one of one of, <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about tennis <laughs> and stuff. But what was your impression of Isla Tomlanovich's uh effort at the US Open this year? Oh, but for me, she's I don't understand that she's only 40 in the world the last three
1: years because she have a big game, her back end is amazing. Her forehand is sometimes there is day off day on, you never forehand gets gonna... loose. Yes, but backhand it's impressive, and uh, yeah. I, before I think four years ago she had shoulder surgery, so maybe that's a little bit uh, stopped her
0: improvement because I think she had material to be top twenty. You mentioned Coco Golf. Can you tell us anything interesting about Coco Golf?
1: But she is incredible move, explosive power, so young. Backhand is crazy. Forehand is shaky sometimes. She on um, clay on, or very slow, hard is good because she has a lot of spin. So she have time. But when she's out of the time, that's the stroke that shake a little bit. And before she had only like kick second, I, I saw she changed this summer. She's going bigger on the second serve and going sliced. So I don't know. That was the changeup for last three events.
0: Coco Goff with a new coach in the box as well. And yes. it seems like uh, she's played, like, it seems like her forehand is much steadier, that she hits a cross court forehand much better. Yes. Th- that's coaching, isn't it? it? It is, but she's young. She
1: uh, Her goal needs to be to impo- improve every week, every month. So she has still, it's impressive. I don't know her ranking, but she's in top 20 and she has so much room to improve, which is very good. It's not good when you are like 15 in the world and you don't have place to improve. And she have a lot, and I think she she can be number one. What did you think of Rebakina? Huge uh, talent, like easy power, like timing. It's incredible. Serving huge movement is not good, but uh, but yeah, that uh, she's also young. She can be stronger with the legs and move better. And sometimes when it's day off to That she will be able to win matches. When she's on, she's on. She can beat anyone.
0: Her Her ball strike. Sorry.
1: Her problem is when it's day off. You know, you to be a top top player, you need to win matches when it's day off.
0: And uh, you say day off. You mean when you're not playing well. When you're playing. When you're when you're off. When you're off. So you need to win ugly. We need to win ugly. You need to be able to... Yeah, but that's... Uh, I, uh, I'm coming back
1: again to 2011 with Andrea. She won, uh, I, uh, let's say, 70 matches in the year, and she won, like, 30 matches when she was playing bad. She didn't feel the her best tennis. So she find a way just, you know, grind it out and to win like that. And to be in the top 10 or even top 5 in the top, you need to know to win
0: matches when you are playing bad. Is there any other player that sort of got the attention of the locker room? That's got the attention of the coaches on tour that maybe we don't know about? Is there a player on tour that you think is a special talent? In, in
1: WTA, you're talking? Sure. I, I need to think about it. Maybe I can answer you in a few minutes. When, uh, But there. Like, you know,
0: there's a couple of these Chinese players we see seem to like really be hitting. They the... have big, big games. These So Wang, two Wang girls, he, he knew
1: Wang and he you Wang. But yeah, they have huge games. They are actually both of them. They lived in Serbia. One was living in Novi Sad. He knew Wang. And uh, he knew Wang is with Tipsarovic. So in Belgrade. So yeah, I, I know them. They have huge games. But as I say, they don't have still the games to win when they are playing bad. So that's the problem of all, like, young generation uh, of these girls. They need to learn that. You know, they all have big games, huge games, but, uh, you know, you don't feel every day. You, you change the time zones, you change the surface, you change the ball sometimes you don't feel. So you need, um, yeah, to find solution.
0: Peter, do you know Novak and Goran and his team?
1: Uh, I know very, very, very well because we are a small country and we travel together and uh, I know him since he's very young. So,
0: What is your opinion of the trials and tribulations that he has had really these past couple years? But first I will say about
1: Novak. He, for me, is the best tennis player regarding helping others like he's amazing he was fighting for the players for 100 150 which he didn't need to do he is also having a national center here and he's giving for free the practice to the best serbians croatians Bosnians. so he's uh he's really the giving person not because he's serbian that i'm saying that that's the facts The things about vaccination and this thing, I'm not sharing at all his point of view. I was the first one to get vaccinated. I was getting the first vaccines even before. There was testing on us, actually, the Pfizer that was bringing here. And I was the first one to get it. So I had 180 degrees, different point of view about that. and uh, But that's uh, unfortunately that that stopped him to become what he was already needed to be. He needed to be greatest of all the time. And I think if he didn't do that, he will already have like 23, four slams. But,
0: uh You know, yeah. I've had Yanko on my show and, you know, I asked him, this was in the middle of, you know, when he had the disaster, the the tour, and they all got COVID and they were out in the nightclubs and this and that. And I said, and Yanko said that, he thought that the Anglo-Saxon media was remarkably prejudicial against not just Novak, but all the Serbs with regards to how they are portrayed.
1: 100%. Uh, it's 100% true. It's uh, They always try to find something negative and they really... Uh, brainwash the people and they think the Novak but Novak is as I say not because he's my compatriot or from the same country but he's the best in helping others and that's what Janko said it's uh, unfortunately it's true
0: What's it like to be uh, a Serbian coach a Serbian on tour What's I'm it- also I also French passport so
1: for me it's easier my life is easy because i don't need visa almost for any country because i can get to exotic countries without visa to like china for example or with serbian passport or cuba but uh with all others i can go with Fran- uh, french passport but now novak also open the doors for all of us you know we are respected as a tennis nation we are very 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 small nation we only have 7.5 million and uh we have one of the best results in the world we had last year five guys in top 50 so it's now it's not a problem before back then even when I was like 400 I was maybe third or fourth Serb back then it was difficult it Was there was not a lot of us you know playing but now it's uh, as I said there is many creation in this so we are always 10-15 in the locker room so we are one of the loudest in the locker room
0: the, the effects of war really know no boundaries yes but
1: that's the worst thing in humanity there's nothing worse than the war and all this politician uh politic bs what makes around the world is n- not approved
0: let's move into the third set this is the portion of our show where we talk about your career peter where does your tennis begin in Novi Sad, like uh, in the tennis club
1: from there is Monica Seles and these two other girls that I said, Natsuki, Natsuki, and I start when I was four years old. I think I watch on TV like Borg and McEnroe. And then I start, I was playing once a week for two years, three years. And then I start really like it. And then uh, I say, I want to do that. But then 1990 came off, the war came in my country, so I was... Almost Mission Impossible to be a tennis player. Now, did you see Monica Seles? <laughs> I saw her even two years ago, but we are not like friends' friends because she lived early Serbia. I think when she was 12 or 13, she left but you, Serbia. But
0: you didn't see her when you were a child at the club practicing or anything like that?
1: Uh, I saw her, but uh, maybe a few times. I saw a lot Dokić, Jelena Dokic. She's also, she was in my club. Wow. Dokic too, huh? Yeah. So we was uh, practicing when we was yeah young
0: for, let's say, six months. That's unbelievable that so many good tennis players. What's the significance of the tennis community there? That tennis is, that there's, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of good players for a place where there's only 250,000 people. But uh, before that uh, I don't know now the tennis is
1: very popular but back then was not so popular in uh, Serbia because we didn't have so many good players back then we only had Zivoyanovic I don't know if you know Bobo
0: Zivoyanovic I was going to yeah.
1: ask you if you knew Bobo uh, I know uh, not, not very well but I not know well. everybody in Serbia know him but uh, and then we have Zimo and Vemic so and there was not top 100 players so we, we really didn't have in um, on men's side like uh, big names but that's also because of of the war and everything what happened in our country which was almost as i say it was impossible to be a tennis player
0: now did you see
1: war i saw yeah yeah i was uh, novisad was 40 kilometers away from the croatian border where was the biggest war in vukovar and all that so through my terrace, I could see the uh, lights of uh, fighting and you can hear the sound. But uh, I, as I was very young, I get used to it. So from 8 to 14, 15, I was used to that. And that was not that scary for me, to be honest. But was very, very scary when for two, three months, uh, NATO was telling they will airstrike Serbia. And that was, for me, it was... Uh, they're like tra- traumatizing experience because we was waiting every day. if The bombs, they would bomb us and everything. So that was, that was, yeah, where I feel very scared,
0: to be honest. So how did the war hinder your tennis? Well, like hinder like hundred percent.
1: First, we was banned in all um, national competitions, like with the teams. We could not travel outside of Serbia. Because, uh, yeah, we could not get any visas or to go to international events. We, in the winter, we played in conditions, which is uh, imaginable. Like, you cannot imagine that. Like, we, in the school, on the half court for five months. I don't know how we became even, you know, the, in my generation, there was players who, one uh, who was top 100, the other was like three, 400. I don't know how we managed to came to that level with these conditions. And um, back then, we played with one new can for a year. It's not... I don't exaggerate, really.
0: Like played, we played with one four, can of balls for a year.
1: For a year. We didn't... I never changed, uh, like, through grip. Uh, like, that was really the conditions. Uh, I was normally from higher middle class because my parents was successful and all that but in back in the 90s inflation in Serbia was crazy, it was over 1000% a day so they start to earn $2 per month and with $2 per month to pay for tennis it's impossible so if I told you my life story of uh, tennis it's crazy crazy
0: so the war ends and Was it like uh, a joyous moment, or or was it more like relief? (laughs) Uh, My story, the day before
1: bombing, a good friend of my brother, he was the pilot in uh, NATO, and he said, uh, try that your family just run away from Serbia, we're going to bomb tomorrow for sure, because for three months they were telling, we're going to bomb, we're going to bomb. But then, uh, you know, we get information, and they were closing the borders. So we run away one hour be- before they close all country, because every because I was seventeen years old, and my father, everyone who was over fifty needed to defend the country, you know, and uh, with pistols <laughs> to 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 shoot the planes who are ten thousand meters. above Pistols
0: to shoot planes.
1: Yeah, so I ran away and then I went to brother. He was playing professionally handball in France. And uh, so I was in France in a small village for a year. But as I say, emotionally, I was fucked up. So, and uh, I had nobody to practice with. My father was helping, but he is not from tennis. He was like, give me, you know, balls from the basket. And uh, yeah, the struggle was real
0: how did you um but you you still got to 400 i mean that's a pretty good effort
1: with all the let's say shit that happened it it is and um incredible I'm, yeah yeah i i know i'm actually sure that i could be much higher if not in singles at least in doubles because yeah in doubles i was 266 but it's not so many events but also my double career was uh, I was one-week professional double player, I. Uh, but that's the story, <laughs> that's the other story. I wanted to be a double specialist for one week and then uh, to really start to play doubles because I came to 260 and uh, with Tipsarevic, we arranged to play challengers in France and then I came with my family, we traveled 1,000 kilometers with a car and uh, with my son and then uh, like... Tip pulled out of the... He lost singles. He pulled out of the doubles. And then I say, fuck, I, I will not do that. I don't want to depend depend of the guy if he's going to play or not.
0: So I was one-week double specialist. Yanko pulled out after he lost singles. And he yeah. left you hanging. And you drove a 1,000 kilometers to go play. Uh, yeah, back oh, then. Man. I,
1: I, I had a kid. I, I was very young father. I was father already at the age of 20. 20 and half so for me i was fighting to earn the money i could not afford to lose this like these the weeks and because i was 400 but i was also working as a coach since i was 20 at the same time i was playing teams and i was playing money tournaments so i was
0: doing four or five things at the time and peter uh, popovich has been through the fire <laughs> yes. Now, how did you link with Karlovic? How did you find your way to live in tennis in a meaningful way where you could make a living? How did this all happen for you?
1: Uh, after third year, that I was around four or 500. Well, sorry, I now, what year started.
0: is this that you left Serbia? What year I've, is this? Yeah.
1: Of 99. I left. 23rd of March 1999 and 24th March of 1999, the NATO bombing started. So, and um, I, <laughs> the story is long. So, for a year, I didn't practice with anybody. Then I had some issues. I had mononucleosis. I had some uh, big intro with quadriceps and all that. But then I started to play pro for three years. And three years, as I say, I was around four or five hundred. But actually, first year when I started to play pro in France, I went to play nine future events and I didn't get in in eight of them because um, they was watching my uh, national Serbian ranking and I didn't get because I was not in Serbia for two years. So yeah, that was that was difficult beginnings. And then, as I say, after three years of playing, when I could not break through because I felt that. It, I need someone to go with me, some coach that I go to higher level. I cannot do it alone, but I could not afford it. But as I say, I had a kid, I had to pay apartment in Paris. I had uh, a lot of, I say, bills. And uh, back then, my best friend, Dusan Bemic, he I was also coaching and help him, helping him. And he was playing doubles with Karlovic. And uh, Karlovic was in the... I think, 10 match losing straight in Miami when we met in uh, I, uh, I think it was 2009 and uh, and yeah, we started to talk there and he was looking for a coach and then we do some trial basis. He came to Paris. We practiced there like crazy two, three weeks and then um, he started to rock it right away. He, play, he won five matches in Queens and played quarters of Wimbledon and that's where
0: my career just Flew, flew up like as a coach. What was it like to be at Queen's Club and at Wimbledon after this fire you've been through? Um, you know, but Even now for me, I appreciate every second when
1: I'm in professional tournaments because that was always my dream and I'm happy with what I achieved in tennis. Even uh, as a coach I feel the same emotions as a playing so even now I'm very proud and happy that I'm in that places and I enjoy every second.
0: What was it like to you you spent significant time with Karlovich.
1: Yeah, many years. I think we spent like full full maybe 5 years and like for 3 4 years when I was coaching Andrea when she was injured, I was always coaching him and because also the WTA season is shorter, I was always doing the end of season with him, so we keep we become as a uh, Balkan brothers. Balkan brothers, yeah, we was the first one in any sport that were Croatian and Serbian worked together after war.
0: Did that make any uh, news among, uh, in Croatia and Serbia? Was that a newsworthy story? Oh, it was. It was. That was the positive impact and
1: the, through to the normality.
0: I don't have enough time on this show to go through the machinations of the balkan conflict but um it seems that that's sort of how it is the brothers and cousins and you know ended up in a bad war and and terrible things happened yes but now
1: i think we are on the tour we are the best friends all the croatians serbians bosnians slovenians we are always together everybody's together we always we we are the same culture. We are actually the same people. We speak same language, and uh, you know, we share the same interest. And uh, we, sh- yeah.
0: What was it like to be there with Karlovich? You know, this is a guy that couldn't really lose his serve, but he always <laughs> had a lot of he had a lot of difficulty breaking serve for a lot of years. But I I really enjoyed. Him because
1: i was younger than him i'm still younger <laughs> i did that. but uh, i love with him because he gave me like 100 confidence in my vision of his game and uh, i simplify his game and uh, i had he was always huge server like first serve i i didn't need to do anything but first his second serve was well, like 160 and i changed it that he came to 195. I don't know in miles. Like he's he was serving like one thirty-second serve, and uh, that's also why he was even at the age of 38, he was like 15, 16 in the world. So, but as I say, I really enjoyed working with him because not only on the court, outside of the court, we was like like brothers. So I enjoy every second working with him, and we are still now almost every day in touch.
0: How did you begin with Andrea?
1: So in um, 2010 in the beginning of the year, Karlovich was playing good, but last four months he was struggling with a um, Achilles tendon because he was playing with smaller shoes, like two size smaller, because he never could get his right size. His size 53 in Europe, I think it's 17 or 18 in US, and oh, he was playing yeah. with the shoes 16, so it creates the bru- uh, bone bruise at the back of Achilles, so he needed to do surgery. And then I was free, like he was six, seven months off. And then Andrea was looking for someone to, for U.S. tour. And as her parents are also having the summer house and her grandmother is living, she's also from Novi Sad in Serbia. And then we get in touch and we went to, to U.S. tour. And then, uh, it started all from then from,
0: like, breaking the barriers and uh, all that. And then we, we click it together. What was it like to get into the top ten with her, to nine? Uh First breaking the barriers, I, I remember the start, like, in Cincinnati. She
1: went first round and then playing Sharapova in the second round. And she's, like, applauding every point, Sharapova. She was respecting all these girls. And I, I was... For me, it was, you know, shocking to see some Serbian uh, mentality with this girl, like applauding every point. They say, "Come on, play, kick her ass." We don't give a shit who it is on the other side of the net. So, with the time that she spent with me, I think I bring her back that Serbian mentality, like, you know, respect her as a person and as uh, But you go there to to win, and that's only what matters. And um, so then. Uh, and US Open. Actually that's even uh first month was uh, was a story for itself because she was not playing great, she was second round Cincinnati, first round in Canada, first round in New Heaven, with the level in New Heaven that is Im- imaginable, like terrible. Like you I never seen the level like that I do not I d I don't I didn't know what to say and what happening terrible. Then, but terrible, Im- terrible. And then I I didn't know what to even to say, you know, on all court coaching. Then I say, okay, let's let's go outside, let's drink, and we get out and we get smashed, and we we drink and we we start to talk and open ourselves. We take day off, and then we start, you know, in U.S. Open to really work and to to say what what need to be changed, and then to draw come out, and she played like number four seed, uh, Nadia Petrova. She was four or five in the world back then. And then she said, fuck, I will lose again first round in the slam and all that. And then I said, no, you're going to win that. But first, uh, we need to figure out how you're going to celebrate this victory. And that's from, from how Petco Dance came from. And then she won Nadia Petrova like 7-1 in tiebreaker in the third set. She played fourth round at US Open. And then from a year on, from this point, she never lose before third round in any tournament that she played. She was like rock solid. She only maybe played 16 events, but she was, as I say, nine, but very, very close even to number one. But to number two, she was five, 600 points away. That was back then Serena was injured and that there was all very close. Your best moment on tour? But maybe with Krajinovic. I also coached Filip Krajinovic and uh, I took him when he was way outside of top 100. So and we went, we did all these challengers. He won five titles and we came to Bercy. He was in qualifying and he he did from qualifying. He went all the way to the final and that was like crazy emotions. But also I had so many emotions and with and titles with Karlovic and with uh, Andrea and all that. But this was like something really like crazy to someone who was in beginning of the year 350 to finish. I think, 30 in the world or what was her, his, and that was magical.
0: I mean, that's an unbelievable thing to get into a Masters 1000 event and final it. And make it final, yeah. And plus the draw was he was playing every round
1: that the players was playing for the Masters. Like, Kiesner was playing against him for the Masters, San Quarry and all that, and he was, yeah, he was in the zone. But as I say, even last year, a title with Andrea was for me because she came back when I took her for a second time. She was um, with her fourth knee surgery. She came from zero. And then we struggled in the beginning. Her knee was swelling. She didn't have ranking. And then she came to ranking, I think, 54 in the world. That was also good. good emotions, good feelings for me. Every win I take, I don't take as a granted. I celebrate even the win when it's on 250 in the first round. Uh, I love every
0: win. It's like I love that. Tennis is so tough. Just to win matches in in 250 events is is like it's literally war every time people, players are going out. It Think is. Of it is. It's war even in challengers and. Even in the future
1: it's bigger war because they're really playing for survive.
0: Now I've been told you now you will I know that you're you have a daughter. Yes. Uh, is it Lola? Yes, Andrea Lola. Andrea she, you know, Lola.
1: Yeah. Popovich, not Petkovic, but that's also like week before I started to work with Andrea Petkovic, my daughter was born and i give her name andrea and then i start to work with andrea so everybody thought i give her the name because of my player but that's not not true
0: and she's a <laughs> and 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 andrea popovich yes. a very good player
1: yeah badass player
0: she'll be very soon in your podcast i tell you that so she's gonna you you she's she's got the potential to be a pro player uh, yeah, I think you, mm, better than that. She has huge potential
1: because she has very aggressive game, similar like to selesh with two hands from both sides, but she also knows to play with one hand. And uh, it's something new. She knows to play drop shots, and uh, so she plays very aggressive and uh, she's winning everything in Normally at her age, the players are winning who are consistent and just moonballing or put the ball over the net. And she is actually creating, so I think she has huge potential. So, so I think she will be, she will be very, very good if she stays healthy. And the journey is long, but not too long. I think in five years at time she can be, she will be the girls who are top hundred. I'm sure.
0: Well, it's very exciting. What is your role uh, in the junior tennis? Does she love you or is she tired of you because of your intensity?
1: She actually loves me because <laughs> she sees how we improve, but sometimes it's not easy to coach. It's not even to do easy to do homework with your kids. So not to create a professional player, but uh, she's, yeah, we are crazy both at the same time, but there is, more, much more love than a hate. But there is always, when you work intensively, maybe there are some moments she say "fuck you, daddy."
0: <laughs> but uh, but we are we are doing good job for the moment. And is she? Does she? Is does she have a a ranking in Serbia? Does she play international events like how she? How...
1: She's number one, or in her age she played for national team of Serbia, and she's now number two in um, how you say. it? Uh, generation higher generation older generation she's number 2 in serbia and in uh, 2 years older generation she's number 6 so she's she's playing uh, the,
0: she's playing she's playing the 12s the 14s the 16s yes. and she's yes. she's she's winning matches and all that and she and
1: she's small and tiny so it's not that she's with the physicality she's really winning with uh, okay her talent and that her game which will be something new
0: now, will you try to pick up another, you said it earlier, but will you try to pick up another pro player? Or are yes. you, and how do you, how do you go about that? What's that like to try to find a player? But I was lucky in
1: my 13 years time on tour, uh, four times that I switched the player, I switched, uh, it's, uh, it's a real story, five minutes afterwards. Mm. And I didn't, <laughs> yeah. And I, ne- I never arrange or like, you know, that i was feeling that it's going to be the end but like through instagram when i put the news i'm over with the player the you know then with that's how it started with Adrea the last time and with other players
0: why don't you try to get radikanu why don't you try to get uh, it's not some... me to get her she need to get me she need
1: to contact me i cannot contact the players but uh, now i will as I say, I'm, I'm not losing my time at home. I'm working with my daughters, so I will take time and hopefully I will have good opportunity to get someone young with who I can, uh, again, make like top results. That's my
0: wish. But the, in life, it doesn't always happen what you wish. You know, it's, life is full of surprises. Life is full of surprises. Let's move into the fourth set. This is the 10 ball scramble. I say it, and you say what comes in your mind. We go fast, okay? Okay. <laughs> your favorite careful. tournament? Australian Open. Why? By, by far the best
1: organization. By far, they took the best care of the players. There is no competition. They are so, so much ahead from other events. Man, I enjoyed Wimbledon. I have to say, uh, I Wimbledon is nice, but classy and all. Um- all that, but really like taking players and, uh, you know, maybe as a spectator, Wimbledon is the best. But uh, I say as a coach or the player, Australian Open is really amazing. Your favorite city? Novi Sad by far. Your favorite player growing up? I love the uh, Patrick Rafter, Ivan Isevich. That's like two of my favorites. Your favorite player to watch
0: now? I love
1: Alcaraz. To watch because he play four completely different styles of tennis. He do serve and volley, he do drop shots. Now then he's going for big. Then sometimes he stay in the rally. I like because you never know what's going to happen.
0: Your best moment on tour, I think you said it. Um... But there, see there was
1: quarterfinals of Grand Slam in all Grand Slams and all every title that my player to, uh, won. So. There is many. Let's say there is 20, 30 of them. Most upsetting moment on tour? For me, I'm very emotional. For me, every week, you know, you lose when you're coaching the players who are 50 or even 20 or 15. They are losing almost every week. So every defeat for me, it takes time. I need to, you know, get my night of sleep. But what it really upset me and make me crazy if my player like tank doesn't give maximum effort, then I need maybe two weeks to come down. Big entourage or lean and mean? Somewhere in between, but more
0: like lean and mean. When what? there is too many people, I don't, I don't like it. What What are the who are the essential people that a player needs to have?
1: Well, tennis coach for sure. <laughs> no
0: joke. No,
1: but it's true. Uh, physio. And then it's all depend on the money. I know you was the professional stringer, but that's for the high high profile
0: players like like top top ten or top fifteen players can afford it. What should people know about the behavior in the player's box if you're sitting at at the court supporting a player in the box, how should the people be but there should be a responsibility Very respectful
1: towards opponent, but I'm very also emotional. I always like jump or fist bump, but I never look at the opponent. So I just, I bring a lot of energy to the player who I coach.
0: I cannot just sit and, uh, you know. A part of the coach's job is like you, you you often are sitting with others. Um, How should the others be? Just not to talk to the coach, please. That's the
1: worst thing. During the match, that's what I hate the most. So that's for me the worst thing. If you're
0: invited to a player's match, don't talk to the coach. Don't talk. It's not approved. Not approved. No. Don't talk to the coach. No, especially not to me. Especially not to Peter. Um, what is the most important shot in pro tennis? in pro okay. uh in pro sorry, in... Serve, sorry. serve serve,
1: serve and, after, and return because in men' tennis it's the basic it's average rally it's 2.8 shots even on uh, clay so uh, it's all about you know serve return and then first shot after serve
0: every next shot is the most important, but that's the serve in men's tennis. Isn't it true that the down the line backhand in women's tennis is uh, a crucial is a crucial tool that separates the best players from? But even the... in men'
1: tennis, you know, only big big players and brave players can go down the line with backhands. That's also signature shot from Serbia, like you know, Troitsky, Tipsarevic, Djokovic. Even Ketsmanovic, Krajinovic, they had the best down the line backends in, on the tour. So, but we have, as I said, this school of the backend where we are one of the, I think we are the best in the world with backends. So even the guys who are my level four, 500, we had much better backends than the guys who are like 20 in the world. But, uh, in women tennis, seventy or eighty percent of the girls they have better backhands, so that's not um, not the, really the issue in the women games. They all have very good backhands, like it's crazy good backhands, like Benji, Chazarenka. They
0: don't Sleaping. miss their. Isn't it true that in women's tennis, the women they all can crack their backhands and they almost never miss their backhands. They make yes. all the mistakes on the forehand side. It's true. It's as I say.
1: 80% of them, the backhand side is better. And because they don't have like a strong forearm, so they cannot spin it with forehand and hit these angles what men can do. So that's the biggest difference between men and women's game. Of course, movement and serve, but uh, men's, the 80% of them have better forehands than the backhands.
0: You met. I, I have to ask you: um, what is the what is the the genesis of the Balkan backhand tradition? That the Balkan backhand tradition uh, is so we turn uh, way more the shoulders than the others. So, like
1: we have this body rotation, which Americans they almost don't have. There is TFO and Fritz who have be- uh, good backhands, but the others, even top players, they don't have good backhands because they don't have shoulder rotation. They just play with the arm. And uh, and when we was young, even that we didn't have high profile coaches, we play a lot with the opposite hand, with left hand. And it helps a lot to improve your back end because... Big and huge back ends this hits almost eighty percent with a weaker arm. So you go. You know, we finish that.
0: Right. And uh, 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 the the off arm is what guides the is what guides, what this, guides the, the, yes. the power. And to improve it, I think you should play five to
1: ten minutes a day with the opposite hand. So then you will have full motion and uh, you will finish your stroke better. But as I say, all the power from the backhand. It's coming from the shoulder rotation. As you can see, Djokovic is all, almost turning to opponents, almost showing the left the left shoulder to opponents. He has huge rotation of the body, and that's where power
0: comes from. You can't talk about Novak. That's like superhuman what he does. That's a No, no, but thing. Uh, I said yeah. Novak, but he's no, also crazy good. Uh, Tsarevich crazy good. Uh,
1: Troitsky had crazy good back, and so it's not Novak. It's all old, old Serbs. He had, is uh, even, I can tell you the guys who are three, 400, they had much better backends than the players who are 15 in the world. Medical timeouts. Fuck that. <laughs> like, I, I hate that. Like in women, moment they use really like, for me, it's terrible. And to use it before opponents serve for me, it's not acceptable, not approved. You should wait your turn when you're serving and then you can call it. And, uh, I, I, I hate that. Tools, what they are using, um, especially on WTA tour, to get in the head of the opponent.
0: Therapeutic use exemptions, TUES. Oh fuck that too! (laughs) No, I really don't. uh,
1: I don't. I don't like it because uh, you can see that so many players have asthma or whatever and allergies. And uh, what are you? You're against? Because I, uh, you know, I don't say everybody's using
0: like to cheat but uh, for sure there is the players who are using for that you know i i had a conversation with steve johnson a couple months ago and we taught he he confirmed that the use of adderall by some of the younger players that are getting tues for adderall is a situation is that something you're hearing about on the women's tour yeah but they also back then even 20 years ago or 15 years
1: ago players were using for fit set like Ventolin like for asthma and these treatments and uh, all that I'm against that because it really helps and uh, you know and many players I don't have now the
0: specific but I know at least 50% of them they're treating with that they're claiming they're claiming asthma and then they're able to take something that pumps them up on the back end of the match yes Well, let's move into the fifth and final set. This is the king of the court. If you could be the king of tennis and make a change with just a swing of the racket without a lot of aggravation, what would it be? I will
1: train maybe six or seven things. First, the player who is 750 in the world should be able to live from tennis. So to earn enough money to get bonus in the end of the year of like 20 grand, or 25 grand, which is not too much money compared to how much every Grand Slam earned. They have like 300 million a profit. So for me, it's not acceptable uh, that the players who are outside of 200, they are fighting to survive. And they are so good players, and the competition is huge. And as you know, in NBA, there is 500 players who are making living, very good living. So in tennis, should be at least that they can survive. I will also then second thing the toss wrong toss for me that's crazy that in, you're a professional tennis
0: player and you're not able to toss the ball so i you don't are, approve Brad Gilbert has said that that they should not that that the, catching a toss should be a fault yeah once you make the motion that's it because in the
1: WTA they're using the cr- crazy bad servers who have terrible serves they are using to get in your head and to to fuck your rhythm on return so that's I don't I don't like it and uh, they can maybe allow in the beginning one bad toss per set, but uh, I see some professionals who are like 15 in the world or 20 in the world and making like 50 bad tosses in the set which is not acceptable and it's even for the show it's terrible. Then third thing, uh, okay, no let, but I heard in your show many of them say that because it slowed down the game and it will make some funny points and you will see something new. Fourth thing, I will change. I'll make play sets until four because first two games in the sets, I find it very boring. Everybody's like going to the toilet or I don't know, watching some other things on the channel. So I think it will be shortened up sets, This will be more exciting because right away it's going to be be going to be cool wow. to watch
0: peter popovich uh, wants to see uh, the the speed set the four the four game set yeah and uh, also
1: uh, which for me for professional tennis should be when we fly to australia or japan and we prepare like for 3 weeks we did uh, like practice sessions like crazy we go there and then it's your bad day and you lose in the first round and you need to go back home I think should be like the groups of four players. There should be eight groups and at least you have three matches and that you have second chance. You know, when you go all over other parts of the world, not just to play one match. Not a back draw,
0: but like a round robin to begin this tournament. Round
1: robin. The first two of the groups are going through. So because in tennis, it happened in my experience that we was doing amazing that my player was playing crazy good level. Even Andrea this year in Australian Open, before Australian Open, she was killing everybody in the practice like big time. She didn't lose more than two games. And then it came to the first round. She could not, she was so tight. She could not put the ball in the court. And then, uh, you know, we were, she was out of the event and we need to fly back home. And I, I was sure if she was in the like round robin with four players that she will find a way and uh, prove that she had great level.
0: Man, this was a pleasure. I'm glad that we met and that we were able to uh, have this interview. Um, I'm always fascinated by a lot of, you know, we see you guys walk into the courts with the towels and the water bottles and, and, and uh, sitting there each and every match, you know, whether it's in the sun or freezing cold in the middle of the night and, and um, it's always very interesting for me to learn about. It's always interesting for me to learn about your journey in tennis, and it's certainly been fascinating. Yeah. So thank you. Thank
1: you, Craig. You're approved.
0: <laughs> when do we see you again? Do we? Do we do we not
1: know? Uh, maybe in the end of the season. I was hoping after US Open. Normally, like. 15, 20 players, they change coaches. But this year was crazy. Nobody get fired. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now I will see in the end of the season. But my wish is maybe to go to ATP again. I was only working WTA with Andrea. But uh, hopefully I'll be on ATP tour from the next year. But as you know, fa-
0: life is full of surprise. Hey, man. Well... I never say goodbye. I only say uh, we will see you down the road. Peter Popovich, you are released.
1: Thank you, Greg. was a pleasure.
0: Huge thank you to Peter Popovich. Thank you to Sergio Tacchini. See them at Sergiotacchini.com. And welcome aboard Diodora. See them at Diodora.com. And be on the lookout, as there will be more to come. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released.